Frankie, come. Come on. Frankie, come. Good boy. Good boy. Sit. Good boy. Down. Down. Good boy. And stay. Stay. Good boy. How about you? Can you sit down and stay for the next half hour? This is Spotlight on Assistance Dogs. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the November 2019 edition of Spotlight on Assistance Dogs. I'm Devin from Canada. One of the presentations offered at last January's Top Dog Weekend in Charleston, South Carolina, was entitled, Thank You, Veterinarians. And the veterinarian who addressed the audience that weekend was Dr. Nicole Constantine of Charleston Veterinary House Calls. She offered several pieces of sage advice with regard to your guide dog's health. Here's part of what she had to say. There was a few questions across the board about uh, concerns of, of things around the home that can be harmful to your guide dogs. And I thought that was um, a great question. I get this question a lot of times, all the, well, all the time. And often um, we get it on emergency basis, you know, so sometimes some, some things can be handled with a phone call. Um, other things, you know, need to be dealt with, with, with an exam or an immediate visit. Um, but some of the, um, top, so I, I researched a little bit. These are from the ASPCA has a, um, a poison hotline that I would advise everyone to keep, um, handy on speed dial. Um, also there's another one called pet poison helpline. Um, they will actually consult with you, um, or consult with your veterinarian, whatever you feel more comfortable with. There is a fee. I think that ASPCA charges 65. I think pet poison helpline charges 45 or 50. They're a little bit, they were a little bit, um, cheaper the last time I looked at that. So, um, and, and they do charge your veterinarian too. So it's across the board. They, um, but, but you will speak with a veterinarian, um, and, and, and they will walk you through step by step on how to deal with any type of poisoning or an emergency. But, um, this goes in order with kind of the number top 10 of 2017 animal toxins, starting with number one, um, prescription medications, which a lot of these are going to make a lot of sense. Um, so I, I realize though, I do get clients that call me all the time and tell, tell me that they're giving their dog aspirin, they're giving their dog ibuprofen, um, and Tylenol and, um, and I'm going to talk specifically about dogs, um, because there are differences in species. Um, if you have a cat, there are things that are very different with cats than there are dogs and feel free to, you know, we can open that up to any questions you have. Um, but specifically with dogs, um, there's the prescription medications and then there's the over the counter medications. Ibuprofen is a big no, no. So, um, in general, I'll tell you, do not give anything to your dog unless advised by your veterinarian. Um, um, and, um, that, and pharmacists, I will say this, I think pharma, we are now seeing a lot of prescription drugs.
drugs going through pharmacies, um, your CVS, your Walgreens, your Walmart. Um, pharmacists are not trained on the species differences. I do think there's a gap. We're starting to kind of, you know, bridge the gap there, but just let, just to let you know, your pharmacist, they've questioned me on the phone when I call in something, it sounds like it's too high of a dose for a dog. And they're like, really? And you know, I, you know, I just explained that metabolism's different. The, the way the liver you know, um, metabolizes drugs, totally different, very different between a dog, cat, and a human. Um, so just keep that in mind. But, um, ibuprofen, big, big one that we've seen, um, can really make, make pets sick. Um, I had a dog ate a whole bottle, 500 milligrams, you know, so those are emergencies. You just, um, and, and sometimes we will advise clients to give hydrogen peroxide. Um, however, I will say, um, it is a call that needs to be made by a professional. Um, and in some situations, it will not make a dog vomit. And then there's been some link to causing like almost like an aspiration. So we have to be so very careful. Um, but in a situation, if there's not an emergency room around or there's not a vet that you can get to within like a 20, 30 minute um, time frame, we may have to use that. So, um, so it's just something to keep in mind. Um, other things, cold and flu. So some of the ingredients in there can be very harmful. So we don't ever want to give cough medicine, you know, those kind of things. Um, so then we go to the prescription drugs, the SSRIs, um, anything like Prozac, Zoloft, ADD, sleep aids, Ambien, um, can be quite harmful. And so these pet poison hotlines really if you come to your vet, most of us are actually going to either get right on the phone with someone or we have a link to look up the information because we got to look up the toxic dose. So if that happens, the best thing to do is just know what's in your pharmacy, in your own medicine cabinet, um, save bottles, just make sure you can give your vet as much information as you can um, to, to your knowledge. Um, the second number, second on the list, xylitol. Um, so most people know about this, so I'm, I could be telling you some, I'm hoping you'll walk away with something, um, sugar-free gum. So immediately within 15 minutes, your dog can become hypoglycemic and that means low blood sugar. Um, and actually that can carry on for days. Um, my husband told me of a dog he treated and they were in the hospital for, um, three days. Um, and, um, so it can lead to seizures and it can lead to liver failure. And there's really no way to know. Um, you have to see it out. Um, then then treatment is usually supportive care, fluid therapy. Um, and then obviously treatment of the seizures if that starts to happen. So, um, uh, that is definitely a weird one. Number three on the list are foods. Um, so grapes, kidney failure, um, nuts, macadamia nuts, pretty bad. Um, what I was reading, I haven't ever seen this, but it can cause like muscle weakness in the back end. They look like they're kind of neurologic. Um, so those are, those are, those are very, very scary. Uh, raisins. And, and by the way, grapes, we just don't know. Um, we've had dogs eat grapes before and they do not go into kidney failure. And then you can have one dog eat one grape and then, and it doesn't always matter about size, big dog or little dog. Um, we do, we do warn people about onions and garlic. Listen, if your dog eats a little piece of onion, probably not going to have a problem. But if some reason got into a whole bag of onions 
and I do know this can happen. Um, it can cause vomiting, and it can actually cause uh, red blood cell damage, so your dog could become anemic. So those are just things to um, think about. Avocados, um, alcohol, kind of common. Um, raw yeast, bread dough. I mean, I... I don't, there may be some of you guys that make your own bread, so just keep in mind that. Um, and of course, chocolate, we'll mention chocolate again. Um, number four, veterinary products. I had a client last week call and say that their owner was out of town, pet sitter was keeping, and, um, ate, you know, a box and, a box of heart guard. And then, um, you know, like two next guards. So, and really, all in all, that with some of the studies and the, and what we do know that many of these products are actually safe up to five times the dosage. So, um, luckily the dog was over 50 pounds, might've been different if it was a small breed dog. Um, but I do advise always, and some of this makes sense, just keep all of your veterinary products up away from where your dogs can get to, into it. Um, number five is chocolate. The ASPCA said they get 48 calls a day about chocolate. Um, the biggest is Baker's chocolate. If, if your pet, um, eats, you know, a piece of milk chocolate, probably not going to be a problem. Um, you know, a little piece of candy for Valentine's, not the end of the world. We just, just don't advise it. Um, but if we got into the baker's chocolate, you know, out of your pantry, um, that's, that is a, a quite dangerous. It can lead to, um, tachycardia, which is high, high, um, heartbeat and obviously vomiting, diarrhea, Definitely want to get in um, to see your veterinarian for that. Household items, paint, um, Gorilla Glue. My husband seems to have all the stories. So he had a pet, ate the Gorilla Glue. It blows up in the stomach, just swells. So they were able to do surgery and remove it. It was just amazing. Um, survived. Yeah, I, I don't know why he would eat Gorilla Glue, but this large breed dog did. Um the laundry pods. I mean, I have to be real careful with my kids, but, um, you know, but your dog too, they just don't think. And I, who, what, and what that can cause is it the, the case I read about was a puppy and it was bubbling through the nose. You could tell it, it you know, it mixed with the saliva, but then later, like within probably hours, it aspirated you know, the detergent into the lungs. So it can cause an aspiration pneumonitis, which is just a severe inflammation of the lungs. Um, so just something to think about there. Insecticides, get those questions all the time. Ant bait, bug sprays, yard products. Um, and then, you know, antifreeze, I mentioned, I'll just kind of throw that one in there. You know, that one, of course, I mean, people are fighting to get them to take out the ingredients because it tastes sweet. And so, um, I've had, a, I've had both cat and dog poisonings and I mean, it's a miracle if they can survive. Um, so, but you know, these things happen, your neighbor could be working on the car, you know, and they just leave it out. And, um, you know, our, our pets just want to go over and sniff and they think it tastes sweet. So those are, those are real emergencies for sure. Just, just got to go in, uh, rodenticides, your mole baits. Um, now they've changed up um, what they're putting in the rat poisoning and they're putting in something called bromethylene. And so um, usually 
you can call the poison animal control, uh, animal poisoning hotlines. There's also numbers on the back of these bottles too to call, but it's best to probably call the ASPCA or one of that. There are, they're already familiar with all this. Um, but some of these cause very specific symptoms and have very specific treatments for that. Um, plants. So we're thinking of like lilies, um, actually very serious for cats, non-toxic to dogs. Um, I had downloaded, they have an app through ASPCA on the phone and they can actually, you can go through and search through specific ingredients, um, and plants, all of these things you can find, um, through some of their, uh, resources. Um, and as garden products, fertilizers, bone meal, compost, um, there are some things that are in compost that are moldy, and with that comes the toxins. Um, so, and most of these things is is based on an amount that they've ingested. So, um, I've got I've I've gotten a lot of calls about essential oils. That is a newer topic. Um, the one that kind of has popped up the most is tea tree oil, um, which is not only in essential oils but also in a lot of the um, shampoos. Um, so you have to be a little cautious with those. Um, so just, I think it's best if you can speak with your veterinarian about those things, um, before you start using them, but also just, you know, just be aware that, um, with essential oils to me, it, it doesn't make sense to diffuse those in a very small room where an animal cannot get away from smells and scents and, um, it can be just irritating. So, um, I, I would say in an open space, you're probably pretty, you're fine. Um, but it's when these animals get into the bottles and they drink it, lick it, or it comes on too much contact on their skin. Um, so those were kind of the top 10, um, at least for a couple years ago. And I'm sure we'll keep adding to the list as we discover more. So I'll, um, I'll go into a couple of the other, I think the other topic that Laurel has shared with me that she said, um, lots of questions were on, um, safety of the heartworm prevention, but in more recent, um, this year, we've had the FDA alert on the flea and tick prevention. So I'm going to talk about that real briefly to um, just hit upon what we know as veterinarians and what information is getting out there. So um, so this was back in September of 2018. The FDA put out a medical alert um, on the isoxazoline, if I'm saying that correctly. I always either just call it Nexgard, Semperica, Brevecto, or the Credelia, which I'm not familiar with that one. Um, so these are four products out there. Is anybody using these? Hand, hands on how many? Yeah. So I, I would almost, I would have guessed 50% to 70% of you guys are using these oral chewables. Um, Okay. And, and, and so, and, and the flea and tick prevention just are, you know, they, it's a different science than the heartworm prevention, but across the board, we have moved away from topicals and are now doing more orals. Um, and I will tell you, there are so many products out there. I am not as familiar with them as I would have been when there used to be only like you know, five, four or five different heartworm preventions and four or five. I mean, I can remember when Frontline first came out, it was recommended that it would last for three months. You could apply it and it was going to last for three months. 
Um, and so what, what kind of has happened, I think in general, so a couple of the hot topics, heartworm flea prevention, tick prevention, and then the foods, um, and the marketing. So we as veterinarians, we have a voice, um, but most of the time our voice is going to be best heard one-on-one in the exam room or in the home or on the phone talking to our clients because these recommendations on, on preventions are very individual. I get calls all the time and somebody just wants to know what I recommend for flea tick or heartworm. And it's no longer just, Hey, go put them on heart guard or Hey, go put them on Sentinel. Um, we do need to make these recommendations um, very individually based. Um, and so a lot of times we're factoring in things like, okay, will the dog eat it? I mean, if we can't get compliance and your dog and you're cramming things down their throat, this is, this is just not what we want to recommend. Um, again, it's not promoting the ha- human animal bond. Um, so sometimes topicals may be, may be more appropriate. Um, so, um, but, with this report, so so they reported adverse events such as muscle tremors, ataxia, and seizures. Um, and they also reported that pets were having seizures prior to having a history. So once these products came out on the market, I'm pretty sure NextGuard was, has been out almost five years. I think Semperica has been at least three, um, give or take. And so once they've been out on the market long enough and the, then they're able to go back and, and, and look at these reports of who's reporting side effects. Um, because again, when they do these studies, they're taking like 300 dogs and they're giving these medications. They are following them out and they're doing controlled, you know, these controlled studies. Um, oftentimes these studies are done on, on one set of types of dogs, beagles, Beagles are the most common dog. We do all of these food trials and medical studies. Um, and, and there may be some other breeds in there, but sometimes it's hard to get a very, um, um, you know, diverse group. So, um, with that, we do have to wait on getting more feedback. So once enough adverse effects have been uh, reported, that's when the FDA thought it was substantial enough to make the alert. Um, that being said, so the way that those drugs work is they go to these little receptors in the, in the neuro, the neuromuscular system, but they're very specific receptors for the, for the receptors in the insects, in the arthropods. So when they, um, they basically stop this transmission, which eventually kills the flea. Well, these products can start working within three hours and will definitely be effective in 24 hours. Um, so, the, so one of the reasons that these products have become so, um, uh, you know, supported and, and recommended is not only their quick kill, but then they've been reported to last 30 to 35 days. Um, when we use topicals, let's just pick frontline, for instance. Um, and that could, you, let's group them all. Frontline, advantage, advantix. Um, am I missing any other topical there? And then everybody's made the generics, you know, for those, um, those products may last 21 to 28 days. Um, and there is a doctor, Dr. Um, Dryden, he is 
called Dr. Flea. Um, he's out of, I think he's out of, I thought he was out of Auburn, but I think I read he's now at Kansas State University. He truly does these studies. So I participated in one once years ago where we would put, we would use Advantage, and this was, we were looking at Advantage uh, specifically, and we would have a dog come in that we could prove had fleas, and we put the Advantage on them, and we would keep them in the hospital for, you know, the next eight to 12 hours, and then we would count the fleas. So he had a little protocol. And so these things are being done. So as veterinarians, we are participating in these studies. And so this is the information coming into the universities. Um, and then, so that would give us, you know, information to give him, but, um, so he worked closely with some of these products, but what we're finding out is, is okay. We're not getting 30 days. It's not because fleas are resistant. It's just some products work really well and they translocate across the the skin um, and they'll last for 21 days, but we're not factoring in bathing. We're not factoring in swimming. We're not factoring all these things. in. so these are real controlled, like in a bubble. So in the real world, we have to take all those factors and start making decisions of what makes sense for that individual pet. And definitely if you're using frontline or you're using advantage and, um, or even Soresto collars and things like that, we're finding out then, you know, we may have to add on some other products with it. So with NexGuard, Semperic, and all these, we typically don't have to add on anything. They're, they are definitely taking care of fleas and they're taking care of ticks. However, um, if, if these adverse events are happening, we have to consider the fact that we may find there's more and more reports and we just have to follow this along. It's very dynamic. So across the board, I feel very comfortable recommending NexGuard Semperica. They also take care of things that we see causing um, other skin disorders like mites. Um, so we, we use them for various treatments, um, but really make that decision with your veterinarian. And, you know, if you have a young veterinarian that's only been practicing for three to five years, you know, they may not have seen a lot and it's okay to consult with another veterinarian that has been practicing for maybe 10 or 20 years. Um, and they've seen a whole lot more, but in general, um, I don't, when this alert came out, I didn't take any of my clients off the products. Um, but I did talk to them and I said, Hey, we need to talk about what's best for your pet. Um, but I, I haven't had any um, reports, anything substantial, you know, where I've had a dog that have seizures. However, if I have a dog that have, has a history of seizures, I do not recommend this product. And then I do talk to the client because I've had some that said, yeah, my dog has had, um, epilepsy, no problems, and they're still using these products. So we, we just have to know that, but I will tell you, um, I fleas, are one of the worst things that we battle. And, and you know, I mean, you can get a flea infestation in two weeks. Now fleas, um, carry lots of diseases. And I will tell you, we don't probably know everything that fleas and ticks carry. We're finding out more and more. Um, but you know, I always think about the bubonic plague. Um, and we've actually reported the bubonic plague in three cats now. Um, I don't remember where this was. Midwest if someone, um, but, um, so, so those are serious 
these are serious communica- communicable diseases that as veterinarians, we have to make sure that we are making this best choice across the board, not only for your pet, but for, for, for human health as well. Um, and I can't tell you how many times I've been, you know, in a situation where, I mean, I've, ha- I've had dogs just to the point of flea anemia, cats that are like flea anemic. We took in one and I mean, we gave it a bath and it was a blood bath. Um, and this cat was literally, this kitten was really, you know, days away from dying. So we see so many things and we just have to make sure we're, um, paying attention to those recommendations, but just in general, um, making sure we're communicating and you understanding what the medicine is, what it does, what are these side effects. Um, you deserve to know and understand these things. And if you have questions, keep asking them. Don't go to Dr. Google. I love Dr. Google. And, <laughs> and I think you should research. You should get the information, research it and understand it. But please be very careful about that information that you're seeing on the internet because it can be quite misleading, quite confusing. Um, and, and again, that study does not directly say that this medication causes seizures. Again, it, it is, it's an association. Um, and it's very, very tricky. Those who listened to that address by Dr. Constantine got the chance to ask her some questions. And uh, we'll probably get back to those in the next two or three months. Uh, This is uh, going to do it for uh, this edition of Spotlight on Assistance Dogs, though. And uh, we'll be back again on December 19th. Until then, thank you so much for listening. Have a good month, and we'll talk soon. And uh, to take us out of here... We have a song by Del Reeves called Scratch Your Dog. Bye for now. Now let me give you girls some good heart advice. Nearly every man's got a wandering eye. You'd better treat him gentle and be real good, cause there's a lot more welcome mats in the neighborhood. And a man just like an old hound dog Keep him happy or he's gonna roam Scratch a dog where he can't scratch himself And he'll never run away from home I'm sure you've heard that old proverb they say If it on the menu there's another cafe If you think nobody else could satisfy his appetite You don't know what's cooking in this town every night Cause a man just like an old hound dog Keep him happy or he's gonna roam Scratch a dog where he can't scratch himself And he'll never run away from home Now a man and a dog are really two of a kind They got their eyes and noses working all the time So exercising good, keep the hunger off the face When a bunny hops by, they'll be too tired to chase Cause a man's alive